India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is Rohit Srivastava here from India Charts recording for the 25th of May 2020 looking at the market action of the last 3 weeks you can get a little confused you had 3 down weeks in the Nifty Uh, as well as bank nifty but bank nifty is retraced almost 80% of the gains it had made through april whereas the nifty or the midcap index is just below the 38% retracement mark so actually the give up is very very small in a normal volatility environment where the india wix was probably 15 or 10 uh, a 38% retracement in the nifty of any move might not have been more than a few percentage points maybe 1% or 2% and it would have really not meant much given the options pricing but Uh, here at this uh, as moves have become very very large you are still you are still at 38% a week ago uh, now you are still at close to around 36 or 34% so not fallen as much as the us wix which has come all the way down to below the 30 mark around 24 to 26% so when you seeing those kind of numbers you are still getting a 1000 point move so the last 3 weeks look like very small candles on the weekly chart but from the high to the low it's 9800 to 8800 so that's like a 1000 points on the nifty but the market is very very divided like i said we've seen the biggest weakness in the banking sector a lot of volumes there as well so it's not clear whether this exchange of hands in terms of volumes is accumulation or distribution now definitely after the bank nifty's fallen 50% i wouldn't call that distribution so it would be better to call that at the highs than the lows that said the continued selling pressure is pushing some of the financials to lower lows some of them back to where they were a month ago uh, that makes you a little concerned as to what is going on a few, a few people are negative based on well moratoriums have been extended at the same time other articles show that uh, if you're not really paying your debts on time they're just postponed to future debts and future interest payments that would then be collected by the banks in any case so is it a gain or a loss to the banks you can calculate either way it's a near term loss and a long term gain you may say unless everybody ends up in default now that theory is purely based on uh, expectations of how the post pandemic world will pan out but before we get to that let me highlight i just ran a immediate study on looking at the relative strength of stocks in the market and the 60 day relative strength shows half a, not even half a dozen i would say more than half a dozen stocks coming from the pharma sector so clearly those have been the best performing stocks of the, the month and uh, you know so i've covered that sector a couple of times uh, we had discussed we've discussed that even in the long shot webinar yesterday so if you've not really seen it uh, we usually are not I any mean, we we're confused whether Uh, we keep replays or not but we have the replay on till tomorrow so if you've not seen it uh, the link is uh, on the website once you log in uh, so the i wrote the long shot report last week and that the webinar this time is the first that we really did uh, and we are really happy with the participation and we want to keep it that way uh, because unless you have a lot of people coming in and asking questions then you can't really throw light on anything and everything that you should be doing to make matters clear to everyone so i think Uh, that went off well there are a couple of things that i still wanted to cover which i think because of the questions i got directed one way or the other which is essentially looking at the i looked at the daily and weekly momentum cycles not the monthly and quarterly so i'll write about that today and uh, probably post it maybe do a, a video form or a written text form of it one of the two probably i'll cover 
and so that should complete uh, the perspective from all time frames but what we are really seeing in the very short term is uh, the daily momentum has been in sell mode for the last two three weeks and the weekly momentum is not really rolling over so you've seen my nifty weekly update which i post usually on monday which is uh, you know shared publicly and i've shown the indicator the momentum has been crossed over to the buy side and despite this correction it has not really changed in terms of that scenario but in in case of the other indices which is bank nifty we've not seen the crossover to the buy side because of that ex excessive weakness where it didn't even retrace 38 percent on the upside and now it's given back 80 percent of the gains that it had really made but again the mid cap index also has crossed over so nifty and mid cap are holding up much better which in short should say that the broad market is actually holding up much better than basically the banking sector that's where all the trouble seems to be uh, and the big cap reliance of course has been among the outperformers so when i look at the rs list after pharma you come across reliance and couple of other uh, stocks that show up over there uh, which include names like I mean, Vodafone idea that's second on the list, but very low price stock showing up in a RS 60-day uh, uh, relative strength, followed by maybe now these are all pharma stocks, Cadilla, Cipla, Lupin, or Cipla is on top actually. It's before uh, Vodafone in my current run, which I just ran a few moments ago, uh, and then there are others, of course, Reddy, Sun Pharma. So it's the entire sector. I mean, which pharma has left out? Glenmark. The whole list is there, and then it gets followed by Bharti, which has been getting a lot of interest. A lot of people are asking me about it. I have not written about its long-term counts because it spent almost a decade in a trading range. But what's interesting now is it's broken out of that trading range and started to make new all-time highs, which is clearly a sign that a new trend has started. And uh, the size of the trend, what will it be, is the question mark. Because, you know, there's always a growth phase and a post-growth phase. For example, if you look at Infosys during the growth phase up to 2000, it probably beat every other stock in investing. But since then, it has not really beaten the Nifty, you know. So uh, even though it has been a good stock, it's done well. And now people call IT defensive, especially the large cap rather than growth. Uh, then its uh, participation in the market has been much slower than uh, the uh, other sectors and the main indices themselves. So while it's gone up, its percentage gains have been smaller. So that's the kind of thing that you wonder about even Bharti's next stage. Now, you know, there are a few large players, they'll try to raise prices. All that part of the story is what is being discussed. But uh, uh, will the uh, speed be the same uh, is the only thing to think about. Apart from that, when stocks go to an all-time high after a multi-year consolidation, the first thought is that it's probably started a, some kind of a new trend. So probably that's why its uh, name shows up over here. Note, I'm just reading out relative strength indicators. These are not these are not recommendations. We don't recommend anything. So I'm just going over the analytical part of you know looking at this data. And so this gets followed up by Marico, Britain, Britannia, Colgate. So now these are again FMCG defenses uh, holding up better than in the market Nestle and then Reliance. So there there you have it. Those are the top 10, 15 names. Uh, then there are of course many more, but the others in a 60-day basis are less than one. Now, what is less than one? Basically, when you're running relative strength, you're looking at the percentage gain of a stock relative to the index itself. So less than one means it didn't go up percentage-wise more than the index. So that's the simple answer to that. And everything else has, which has grown more than one, I've sort of tried to read out from uh, this kind of a filter that you can check on once in a while to see what's happening. Now, of course, you can run something similar for even uh, the short term and end up looking at it on a 10-day basis. And it's possible that on a 10-day basis, you get completely different names. 
and that's probably the case here because uh, on a 10 day basis the names on top are then Vodafone, Escorts, Bharti, ITC, Tata Power, U, United Spirits, Vedanta and Godrej Consumer those are the top names showing up followed by Balakrishna and BHEL and then Aurobindo. So a completely different list when you look at 10 days and 60 days comes down to you know what time horizon you are really playing 60 days is two months which means you'll go all the way back to the march bottom and 10 days is just the last two weeks because 10 days is five days a week so two two weeks of trading data is what it would really reflect in terms of who's outperforming and who's underperforming so but the point i am trying to make is that yes stocks and indices main stocks are still holding up better than the bank nifty so will bank nifty drag everything down or will the nifty manage to recover on its own now last few days as we saw we've seen that kind of strength in couple of areas which is why we think that maybe you can get you know stock specific strength as the market moves along further from here whatever is happening in banking may still be the pain area but as we are almost retraced like i said 80 percent you're coming close to a double bottom in bank nifty and heavy volumes i would wonder whether those heavy volumes reflect a selling climax and if it is a selling climax then what you end up with is a situation where buyers and sellers finally you know complete their exchange uh, the sellers get exhausted and then buyers take prices higher so that's something to watch out for because if that doesn't happen if you feel that this selling is like an outright exit and volumes just keep expanding on the sell side then you know you're looking at a another 50 percent kind of sell-off in banking which i feel is a little unusual given the current scenario because in in a one-time sell-off you usually discount the event which is what has happened around the world and around the world, central banks and uh, governments are stepping in with some kind of policy. Even this week, uh, it is expected to see that the U.S. government is looking at you know pushing through another one to three trillion dollar. The debate is on on the size, but another big uh, package for you know getting things moving. And so, with the S&P sitting at a 66 percent retracement of the entire fall, that's the chart I posted on uh, social media two days ago and published it on the site as well that uh, even though the Nasdaq has done more than an 80% retracement, the Nasdaq 100 has filled the gap down that occurred when the COVID crash started. The S&P 500 is still at the 66% retracement mark. So you can actually argue that, you know, that's it, this is enough. Nasdaq may have overshot. Uh, but uh, the S&P on the uh, daily or hourly chart essentially is not yet showing an impulsive decline. And it actually managed to close positive on Friday. And if this uh, additional stimulus manages to push it beyond 66%, then it's again in a new zone, which is not uh, normally seen in uh, what would be a bear market rally of normal stature, which is a normal B wave that ends at a key retracement. So then it could be either an expanded flat, expanding triangle or something else altogether. So you have to now start getting your thinking hat on as I have already done with the NASDAQ and written that, you know, it can be a multi two year long expanding triangle because the strength is extraordinary maybe driven by liquidity maybe you can't see the fundamental factors yet but the markets are discounting things in, in advance which means the crash discounting the impact of the virus and the recovery discounting the fact that every central bank is now being aided with uh, fiscal uh, policy actions from various governments or uh, the i mean japan itself has announced something today i think 900 billion dollars worth of a stimulus of some kind you have to of course look at details now that you've seen uh, the indian uh, policy end up being a lot of loans more than actual you know stimuli from the fiscal side but uh, that's what the world is doing and i think in our case if i understand the commentary from the government side right is they are essentially waiting for things to open up and you know some movement to happen because if they do some kind of stimulus when everything is locked down it might not have the required impact so 
should not be surprised that they take some kind of additional measures on an ongoing basis so it is something that will that will be gradual and continuous rather than one time done with and nothing more to come so that's how i would look at government action in the meantime markets try to discount the near term news flows it's both easy and hard to understand what the banking sector is doing because while on the one side we understand everything is locked down but that's true for every sector but uh, banks uh, by themselves are uh, you know have faced a tougher cut and that's because people fear that you know there'll be defaults or maybe these payments which are not being made will they be made later but now taking things to a different angle now if you start thinking that uh, and i would also have thought this maybe a month back okay life cannot go back to normal after coronavirus people are not going to go to restaurants people are not going to go to movie theaters and there was an interesting video floating around whatsapp showing people actually attending a movie i don't know in which city uh, wearing masks so trying to show that you know things are going to get back to normal so there is this thing called the human spirit uh, and you really can't fight human spirit so while we can sit back and think you know people are not going to do anything human spirit is to go out and do everything you know so people don't really like the idea of sitting back and uh, being completely dull uh, and uh, there are more cases of mental uh, health issues coming up because of people sitting at home and doing nothing or you know facing their family because there are so many families that have uh, their own issues and by you know the distraction of uh, you know having work children going to school and studies you know keeps them together and alive more than uh, you know when they are all together and struggling uh, that they end up you know arguing or fighting about something so mental issues of various kinds these are of course one type which is family related issues they could be others uh, where, uh, which get overcome uh, when you go out and socialize so uh, like i said man is a social animal is going to move out he's not going to sit on i mean the smallest uh, sign is wherever things opened up even a little bit people are out on the streets you saw that when they opened up wine stores everybody wanted to buy and there were long queues in some parts of the country and so uh, is the presumption that you know people nothing will happen people will not take action and get go get back to work really an overstatement of creating fear rather than the reality that well if you got to get work and if it's possible for you to get it you're going to go and get it because you've got to feed yourself and your family so that's the contra way of looking at the whole situation Uh, and there are also some facts that uh, we should be aware of by now because now we have enough case counts and enough global demographic and other data available about how the virus has really impacted us and some people are coming out critically based on that data telling us that we've actually overdone our stay and in fact overreacted to the entire situation now i'm sure part of both is true one is that by actually having the lockdown as we've seen even in, during the spanish flu there were lockdowns and places where they had longer lockdowns when the virus actually came back or at its second round the impact was much smaller than places where they didn't so definitely there's an upside to having done this at the same time the requirement to actually get back and you know believe that you know things can be a little more normal than than uh, we uh, originally perceived not just because of the behavioral aspect which i discussed already but because of what the data shows which is that almost 48.7% now this i am reading this data out uh, from a site that is correlated world meters on the coronavirus 48.7% of the cases are in the 75 plus year age bracket and i'm talking about deaths okay so you had 15230 deaths of which uh, 48.7% are in the 75 plus 65 to 74 are 24.9% so that's almost 75% of deaths happening in the 
over uh, 65 year age bracket and 22.4 percent in the 45 to 64 age bracket so this is all global data and uh, uh, the additional fact to this is that 75 percent of the cases uh, are actually based on pre-existing conditions so this is where it gets even more interesting that you know a large number of these deaths uh, which are also happening are because of pre-existing conditions which vary from cardiovascular disease diabetes chronic respiratory diseases hypertension and cancer you know the highest being in the first one so that's 13.2 percent for cardiovascular and 7.6 percent for cancer and the rest in between so it's a pretty big number of course, of the deaths, it's around 25% uh, of the deaths are with pre-existing condition, but 76%, uh, 73%, I think, of the infections come from pre-existing condition. So, and like, so what it broadly says and where the criticism is coming from is that a lot of it has to do with pre-existing conditions and age, whereas uh, many people also manage to build some kind of immunity. Now, of course, we don't have an immediate cure which is why uh, people are still scared because you don't know when something will happen to you say you get some illness and then uh, the virus hits and uh, you're in a completely different situation altogether there's of course some medication which is why the death rate is at three percent a lot of people are able to recover despite uh, reaching you know some level of uh, sickness because of it and there's those levels also vary so not everybody's really going into extreme sickness and so that uh, uh, you know brings us to a great similarity a lot of the, uh, the other illnesses that we face for example especially in mumbai every year there are rains and there's viral fever or there's dengue and there are many other issues that we come up with and we have to get tested for every time we go back to the doctor uh, they've also become more careful and they tell us to do these old tests which sometimes you don't like to but uh, because these cases are so regular in mumbai that we have to so this will be just one more case that has going to be tested on a one to two year basis of course somewhere down the line you hope that you will have better cures or medication available to deal with the whole situation on an immediate basis uh, there are only some that we know of uh, but it, it can only get better so it can't get worse this is the main point that i want to make is that it can't get worse we are probably overplaying the downside and not really thinking about the upside is what uh, maybe more the sentiment driven by what the markets are doing so which is why uh, most of the action in the market also when you look at the broad market because uh, the mid cap part of the market or the individual stocks which have been falling some of them have been falling for almost two years or three years since the peak in the mid cap large cap uh, ratio in 2017-18 since then we've seen weakness in individual stocks some of them have of course because of debt problems been weak for years but those are the ones that are already destroyed so you wouldn't really want to go down and now start bottom fishing or uh, you know trying to pick the destroyed names i mean something has fallen from 700 to 4 rupees or from 300 to 1 rupee and you want to try and pick a bottom that's that's your call you want to play that that fight or that game typically that's not the way to do it there's so many names because very few really come back i mean if there's a history of such names coming back after getting destroyed then fine you take that action but if you go back and look there is a complete history of names that never came back and were part of pre previous bubbles some of them are actually bad names like himachal futuristic which i don't know why people even talk about every time there's a slight bubbleness in the market this name starts floating around when it was at the center of the ketan parek scandal so scandalous names but they want to make a comeback at the same time there are companies that have gone under for various bad reasons i mean there's uh, i recently heard the name of suzlon now suzlon for the entire 2000s because of it being in wind power the name used to keep coming up but the stock never did really well and it's still down there it's actually gone down a lot more in the last five years and formed an ending diagonal which would really interest technicians from a 
uh, chart standpoint and of course i heard that it's also been taken over by the sun group so if that takeover has happened and if they managed to do something what will happen so you really have to study that in insight but when something's gone you know to into single digits and lost a lot of ground has its own problems unless you can certainly say that there is a case for turnaround which can which there can be one or the case uh, when you have a good company which has a good uh, business and its assets are capable of you know uh, being turned around then you do get a case like you had say in the metal space jindal and sale in 2000 would have looked like that uh, with a lot of debt and almost near closure but uh, they managed to survive the business cycle and when the business cycle turned they managed to do well so those are the type of cases that you do look at uh, but apart from that everything else which has gone under to waste time and trying to you know bottom pick it sometimes can really be a wasted affair and also they might end up, even if they do turn around to some extent they might really not give you the kind of market performance that you could have had in many other places so there are stocks that do manage come back for example citibank in the us uh, fell significantly down to $1 got a bailout from the saudi prince and is still around i mean it may have gone back from $1 to $20 or more but uh, during that time period has it gone back to the all time highs that it made at the peak probably not you know so you really can't go back there which is the other thing to remember when you look at some of these banks which have you know lost 90% anything you'll go back to the all time highs is probably unlikely if they have the kind of write offs and uh, issues being faced because what happens when you need when you need bailout funds and new money has to come in as in the saudi prince case or whether it happens in some of the public sector banks and others is that you have to end up diluting equity and when you dilute equity it means that your equity base comes up and then suddenly prices cannot go up that much because uh, there's a limit to where earnings go from there relative to equity right so if your equity base was a 10 crore capital and a profit of 20 20 crore suddenly if your equity base is 20 crores and your capital is your profit is 20 or 15 crores so the whole eps numbers change and therefore uh, the same levels cannot really be achieved so that's the other thing there are many other good reforms in fact on the psu side which i don't know how we will discount or undermine but it has opened up you know private sector participation in so many areas and the government has said we'll get out of these uh, many of these sectors which are not strategically important so there may be mergers for example a lot of the psu banks now eventually may get merged into one that's one of the possibilities people are trying to comprehend and they could be in other sectors as well where government has many companies that would be you know may be put together as one or or sold off as individual entities to others to really move out of the sector but all of this is long term all these measures and their future impact will be 6 months down the line further government action from should be anticipated once the economy opens up and they are able to actually see the situation on the ground and what is really needed to get gdp back to where it was before and then expect additional measures from them in that regard uh, but in the meantime what we have to get over is the negative sentiment which so far seems extremely centered or focused around the single sector which is banking but uh, banking's pain may be more near term at the moment especially after a 50% fall otherwise i wouldn't say this but after they fall in 50% you really have to judge whether they're going to fall another 50% and if that's not the case if you know post uh, lockdown and moratoriums uh, they are going to again start collecting revenues people are going to want to go back to their jobs and you know get back th- get things done if human spirit really comes is alive and coming goes into full swing in the opposite direction something that most people are not anticipating thinking that humans are boring people and will now sit home for the rest of their lives then you are really bet- betting against human spirit so think about uh, that aspect after we've been down so much 
because there's a because after a two year sell off at least in the broad market there are a lot of spots or places where value really exists and those you know those values don't remain forever forever simply because there are vultures out there who are waiting to pick up those values and they will be very very happy to see this negative sentiment spread so that normal people do not really participate in the value buying and are left to do so only later at higher prices so think about that that's all i'll leave you with in this weekend podcast on this long weekend and we should get back to regular markets from tomorrow thank you Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge. 